0: Today's episode is an invitation to really spend some time getting to know you, and to get closer to knowing what you want, then going out there and getting it. And I really hope that it brings you a little bit closer to the things that you want, to the place that you want to be, to getting to a point where you are happy and healthy, content, light, and just really enjoying your life, enjoying this journey of motherhood, this journey of being a woman, this journey of your career and everything that it has to offer. Are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum? Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family? But there are so many things that need to be done, and there are so many expectations on you. Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have any wiggle room? Welcome to the Managing Mum Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a wellbeing coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things, my aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter, and you can build great relationships at work and at home, and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your bun, and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. I would love to hear from you how you are benefiting, if you are benefiting from this podcast. If there is anything that is really standing out to you, if there's anything that you'd like to hear more of, please leave me a review or send me a message to tell me what you would like to to have focused on or if there are any questions you have answered. I would love to try and answer your questions about working motherhood, about how we can manage ourselves better in this space. Or just to hear from you and hear how you are getting on as a working mum and how this podcast is helping. But today we are talking about what we want. When you think about this, or have you ever thought about this? Have you ever taken the time to think, what do I really want? I think it's so easy to say, I don't want this, or I don't want that, because these are the things we're in, the places that we're in already, the things we have that we don't want. It's so much easier to kind of be aware of what we're not enjoying. But what I have found with myself and with clients is that we're often not sure of what we actually do want. Or we think we know of some kind of elusive way of being or space over there that we could want but it's so far away or it's so seemingly out of reach that it is almost quite blurry and as a result we just can't quite seem to see a path to it or even begin to look at how we could get there. What I learned about myself that I did not want was an eight to five job where I felt trapped and I had to align myself with someone else's goals and their timeline and their outcomes. I also learned that I did not want to feel flustered and chaotic all the time. I wanted to feel secure. I wanted to feel like I would have the resources that I needed I wanted to feel calm and at peace with my day-to-day life and with the path that I was on. I wanted to be a present coach and a present mother. I wanted to stop crashing cars as I raced from one place to the other. I spent a lot of time pushing those wants away because first of all I wasn't really sure of what they were but then also even if they came up I didn't really think that they were the right ones to have. I didn't think that it was appropriate to want not to have an eight to five job or to want not to have a boss whose goals I was working towards. I had a kind of Drive in me to be busy. And so I couldn't meet that desire to not be flustered, to not be racing around. But then I took time to be coached and to get to know myself. I found out a bit about myself in terms of my personality style. I am a seven on the Enneagram. Some of you will know what that is, some of you won't. And there will be some episodes coming up on the Enneagram, an incredible tool that I, I used personally to get to know and understand myself a little bit better. I learned about my strengths. I learned about what energizes me. Episode 7 will take you on a little journey of that, that experience of getting to know what energizes me and how that changed how I approach life. And can perhaps do so for you too. So if you're not sure about what energizes you, go and have a, have a listen to episode 7 and see if that speaks to you in any way. And whilst I learned what I didn't want or what I might potentially want, there was a lot in this learning about what I don't necessarily want but also about what I need. Which I actually think we must want. Because if we get what we need, we can really be more of the people that we want to be. We can live more of the life that we want to live. We have more space when we're getting what we need to be more present, to be able to make the choices that we want to make for ourselves and for our families. We will have all heard a lot about vision boarding, If you haven't, vision boarding is when you create a board, whether it be with um, graphics, with pictures or with text that talks about what we want, that creates a vision of what we are striving towards or moving towards. You may also have heard about the law of attraction, which is alongside that vision board saying that if we are focusing on what we want, if we've put it out there, if we are keeping our eye on the prize, if you will, we are likely to get it. I really was interested as to why this works. Why? What is the law of attraction about? What is it about vision boards that work? And we have this fascinating thing in our brains called the reticular activating system. The reticular activating system comes into place, for instance, well, it's in in play all the time. But an example of this, when it really is working, is when you are pregnant. Now, I think most of us, when we aren't pregnant or ha- weren't pregnant, have not really noticed that many other pregnant people or women. But when we are pregnant, we are suddenly seeing pregnant people everywhere or we're suddenly seeing all sorts of things about babies we're much more aware of anything to do with babies the <laughs> the other great example of this is if you decided that you were going to buy a yellow beetle and all of a sudden you see yellow beetles everywhere this is the reticular activating system in play it is looking out it's like a net in our brains which is looking out for all of the things that are important to what's happening for us in that moment, or all of the things that confirm a belief that we have or a situation we're in. So if we're pregnant, we're looking out for other pregnant people, we're looking out for baby things, they're all just aligning with what is important for us in that moment or a belief that we have. So if we believe that we don't deserve what we want, or if we believe that we have to be in this current situation, our reticular activating system will be looking out for confirmation of this. It will be looking out for the things that, or the comments, or the signs that confirm the beliefs that we have. So if we are focused on what we don't want, if we're looking at really just, seeing, oh, I'm in this situation, I really don't want to be like this, I can't bear that I'm like this, I'm, I'm overweight and I can't stop eating, or I don't want to be in this job anymore, or I just can't control my children, or I can't control my temper, or I'm not keeping up at work. If our focus is on what we don't want, this reticular activating system is looking out for the things that confirm that. It is hard for the system in that space to pick out the confirmation of what we do want. So we might create a vision board and then put it in the back of the cupboard or put it on the bathroom wall and never look at it. We may have an idea of what we do want and in that moment when we're creating that vision board we feel like we're moving a little closer to it. But if we are not seeing that vision board every day, if we're not focusing on it, if we're not believing it, if we're not thinking about that vision, that thing that we want, then our reticular activating system cannot confirm it. It is forgotten and it's again just confirming the things that we are seeing every day, the things that we are believing every day. The other thing that's interesting about moving towards what we want is This idea that we are in point A and what we want is point B and point A is uncomfortable. So we look at point B, we say, oh, that's what we want. And then as we move away from point A towards point B, as soon as the discomfort, the real discomfort of being in point A has dissipated a little bit, we almost forget about point B. We forget that that is actually our goal because we're not so uncomfortable. I often see this with clients who are trying to to lose weight. A client will come to me and say, oh, I just want to weigh X or to feel this way or to fit into these clothes. They will start moving away from point A towards point B, that that weight or that feeling or those clothes and as they start to move further away from the discomfort of point A, they they take their focus off point B and they kind of slide back towards point A. They slide back to that discomfort, that uncomfortable place. And then they come back to me and they're like, oh, I'm back there. Why can't I stay on my path towards what I want? And they have taken their vision, they've taken their eyes off that point B because the discomfort of point A has dissipated a little bit. We might also find that we don't actually set that goal. So we know what point A is and point B is this kind of elusive point over there and we're going to move towards it and we start moving towards it. But if it is not clear, if it is not precise, if it is not a smart goal, if you will, how can we keep our vision planted on that goal if we just don't know what we, what it is if it's vague if it's wishy-washy and so when we're moving away from point A to this wishy-washy goal we end up just sliding back to that point A so what stops us from setting a goal is often that we have a fear of not actually meeting that mark we have a potentially a fear of not getting what we want or we have a fear that we might make someone else unhappy while we're attempting to meet our goal or cross with us or irritated with us or we just don't actually take the time to make that goal to make that vision a reality because we just it isn't a priority for us we don't sit down and think about it we don't make it an important part of our lives and so we end up in the situation where we're still where we don't want to be and what we do want is so far away or seems so far away. So the first thing to do is to focus on what is it that you want. One of the ways to do this is to create that vision board. Sit down, get some magazines, get some pens out, really have fun creating this vision board. Get to know what it is you're after. Another way of doing this that I love to do with clients is to write a letter to yourself, telling yourself where you are in a year's time. I've spoken about this in an episode before. Dear Charlotte, it is September 2024. You live X. You do this. Your relationship with your husband is like this. Your relationship with your children is like this. You are Weigh this amount. You look like this. You feel like this. You are calm. You are in control. You are whatever the case may be. In their book, The Art of Possibility, Rosamund Stone Zander and Benjamin Zander talk about writing this letter to yourself as if you were receiving an A grade for the person that you are. What would life be like if you were to give it an A? What would you be like if you were to give yourself an A in a year's time? And then look at what you're giving yourself now and the gap between that mark and the mark of the A and how you can get there. This then becomes your vision board. If it's really hard for you to write this letter, get some coaching on this. Speak to someone who can help you to tease this out. Be curious about, why is it so hard for me to do this? The fact that it's hard is data in itself. What is blocking you from even thinking about what you want? What is sabotaging what you want? I am an optimist and a positive thinker, so I love this activity. It makes me excited to think about all the possibilities, all the opportunity out there. But this is not the case for everyone. I know many people who have become stuck on this letter, who've been panicked by it, or have been even paralyzed by the thought of writing it. As we've worked through this with them, and they've got to the point of writing it, there's been this freedom and liberation to actually start moving towards the things that they want, towards a way of life, a way of being that they really want. Now that you have that goal, that vision of where you want to be, now is the time to really draw that map of how to get there. How do I get from point A to point B? I really believe that small steps are the best way to get anywhere. You can't climb to the top of a mountain in one go. You can't run a marathon in one go. You can't do anything. Most things feel kind of insurmountable if we look at trying to achieve them all in one go. So determine what it is you need to do in order to get what you want. If something feels uncomfortable for you in that process, if there is a step that you need to take that feels difficult and uncomfortable, look at what's uncomfortable about that step. Is it because you feel like you shouldn't be going for what you want? Is it fear about going for what you want? Is it that someone might get cross? Is it because you think you don't deserve it? These are all stories that have developed throughout our lives that stop us from stepping out to get what we want. I like to think of that little girl inside me or that little boy, if you are a man listening to this, who believed that she or he could do or be anything and just looking at our children thinking about when our children had no concept or still have no concept that they can't climb on top of the top rung of the jungle gym until we shout be careful you'll fall we have been told so much to be careful that I think we've got to a point where we are too careful we're too scared to step out and move towards what we want. So write out everything that you need to get to where you want to go. And then notice where the sticking points are. Notice where the discomfort is and work through these. Maybe you need to, to spend time with a coach or a therapist. Maybe you need to spend time with yourself, just looking at what what is it about this thing that makes me uncomfortable and then draw that map that's going to get you to the point that you want and take into consideration also what is going to happen when you get a little bit of the way up the mountain and it feels like it would just be easier to sit down on the side of the path or it would just be easier to go down to the bottom of the mountain again to go back to that Comfortable discomfort of being back where you started. Once you know what it is that you want, now you can go out and get it. Now you can really step out and start moving towards what you want. So taking those small steps, make sure that you keep your eye on that vision. Make your vision your war cry. Change your story about what you want and where you're going to be. Make that everything that your focus is on. Make your war cry, your battle cry, your mantra about where you are going, the absolute focus of your life. And then everything that comes up for you has to be measured against whether this is leading you towards what you want or not. I have found myself here many, many times having to to do this. Recently, while I was getting myself ready to launch this podcast, I got a, an opportunity to do a workshop. There were many reasons why I jumped at this opportunity. One of them was because I love to <laughs> present these workshops and I love to have an impact if I can and where I can. But also, I wanted to move away From the immediate discomfort that I was in right now of not having as much financial security as I would like. So I said yes, immediately said yes, knowing that I would earn a little bit of money. But then I realized that actually this workshop was going to take me away from doing the one thing that I did want to do, which was to launch my podcast, which in the end will lead me to you, the people that I want to help and perhaps more clients who will sign up to be impacted by my work and hopefully pay for that. So in the long run, the one thing that I am after would have been hampered by the immediate satisfaction of getting away from something that I don't want, which is the financial insecurity of our current position. So doing that workshop would have felt good for a moment in terms of the money that I was earning. But then I would still not have launched the podcast. The money would be spent and I would probably be back at square one. In the end, they cancelled the workshop and there was a momentary disappointment. But then there was also this relief that I could actually go back and focus on the thing that I do want. And I think the trick here is to pause, to take time to think about a situation Is this really getting me to where I want to go? If not, why am I here? Why am I saying yes to this? You might be thinking, yes, but what if I'm in a situation that I don't want, where I can't change the circumstances? And if this is the case, what we can always change is ourselves. If you write yourself that letter in a year's time, and you know that there is no way that you can change the circumstances, but what you want is to feel peace in those circumstances or at ease or content, then this is what you can change. It does take work to make this change. We've taken quite a long time to get to where we are now. So it takes work and it takes time. But with that work, you can change the way you see things. You can change the way that you feel about things. You can put other things in place to make sure that you feel better about the circumstances that you're in. It's all about choice. It's about choosing for things to be different. Again, coaching can be a really useful tool to help when it comes to situations when you can't see any other way of being. A coach can help you to unpick a blockage, to overcome the saboteur voices in your head that might be keeping you stuck there. If you are interested in talking to someone about this please reach out you don't necessarily have to talk to me but I'm happy to spend 30 minutes having a chat to you about it and seeing if I am the right person for you and if I'm not there are so many fantastic coaches out there who can help you to create a game plan to create a guide that you can follow to get to where you want to be to get to what you want in your life the next step and this is also something that a coach can do for you or people in your circle, people in your village, is to be held accountable. When it comes to making a change, this can be really hard. We can feel really excited about it, but we can also feel scared, fearful about what we're stepping out into. Sometimes we can keep quiet about it because then (laughs) if it doesn't work and if we don't achieve our goal, if we don't get to where we wanted to, nobody will have known that we were even trying. And there's a safety in that. But when we tell someone about it, we have put it out there. When it is out in the world, there is an expectation, not a negative one, but a supportive, encouraging expectation. There is an audience in the the bleachers of your stadium cheering you on, helping you move forward, helping you to keep putting one foot in front of the other so that you move towards that goal. The next step is to take that first step. Look at the map that you have created and take that first step. If the goal is to lose 10 kgs, take the first step. If it is to leave your job and find another one, take the first step. If it is to be happier in your marriage, do one small thing, one small step that you know will make you happier. As things start to change, as you move away from what you don't want, notice where your focus is. Is your focus still on where you want to be or is Is it on the fact that you have moved a little bit away from where you were and this feels a little bit more comfortable so you start slipping backwards? Keep your eye on that prize. Keep focused on where you're going. And yes, stop sometimes to look at the view. Stop to look around you, to enjoy the journey that you're on, to see the sights, to be present in that moment, to celebrate the wins. But keep your focus forward. So that you don't slide back down the path and find yourself in, back in that place where you didn't want to be. So just to wrap up today's episode, getting what you want is not only possible. I really believe that it can be fun too. And I believe that the first bit of fun comes in, in actually dreaming about what could be possible. Imagining the life that you want. Picturing the ideal and then feeling what it would feel like to be in that place to feel lighter, to be happier, to live with joy and then really anticipating that feeling and knowing that one day when you reach that goal, you can have that feeling. Look at the gap between where you are and where you want to be and create that map, create the path to get there. What needs to happen for you to get to that place? What is stopping you from getting there? Become aware of these things and then choose what you want or need to do about them so that you can move forward. And then take that first step. And then the second. Notice when you feel like you're far enough away that it is more comfortable. And beware of the pull to go back to where you were. And if you do find yourself back where you were, or on a slippery slope back there, just revisit those goals. Look, go back to your letter. Go back to your vision board. Go back to the feeling that comes when you look at that vision board, when you read your letter and imagine that life. And then pick yourself up and take that first step again. Every time you take it, you will be a little bit fitter. It will be a little bit easier. This is a process and it comes with choosing to make the change over and over and over again until that becomes your new norm. This becomes what you do every day. And you do it because it is taking you closer to what you want. If there is something in your life that you don't want at the moment, if it's a relationship or a job or extra weight or sadness or worry or guilt, I hope that this episode has given you some ideas about how you can move towards what you do want. I hope that it has challenged you to make a change and that you can use these steps to do so. If you want some help around this, please feel free to reach out to me. What I want more than anything is to work with you to help you find joy and peace and a healthy way of living this wonderful life of yours. It is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing what I have experienced and everything that I have learned. And it can get quite lonely on the side of the mic. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, or if you've found anything useful in it, I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really lets me know that I actually am making an impact, which is the best thing for me. And if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast, any mums who are managing it all, so basically all of them, please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums.